So even last night, like Jared, I can't even tell you how much last night I just wanted to have sex. Like yeah. it was, I was dreaming about it. I was like, as soon as she goes to sleep, but like I fell asleep before she did. Yeah. You know, we both, we both were knocked out. Yeah. So it's like I can set an intention. And I think before I set that intention and I was able to execute. But now with her as this additional factor, like not only am I pregnant and am I tired, but also we have Ryu. It's like, it feels like the thing I don't have space for anymore is you and I, you know, and that makes me sad. Lovers and friends, lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down down to the end. I said, okay, I'm pregnant with my second baby. Avid listeners of the podcast are waiting for me to say and. Because this is news I shared here back in January on the episode, Can We Try Something Freaky? Those of you who are new here, welcome. And now that you're caught up, I want to share something that I haven't shared with anyone anywhere yet. But before that breaking news, let's take care of some business. Okay, so how do I put my feelings into words? With my first pregnancy, whenever, wherever people said, congratulations, I would immediately just whip out ultrasound photos and then run through our list of top names before they could finish their sentence where they were actually congratulating me on a new job or getting the last donut or something. In contrast with this pregnancy, when people say, congratulations, it literally never occurs to me that they're talking about congratulations on having a second baby. And that's mostly because I don't feel all that congratulatory because mostly I feel scared. Having one baby put the things that I hold closest to me, my marriage, my friendships, my career, my relationship with myself through a hurricane. And as soon as Ryu turned one and I felt like the seas were calming, boom, I learned that little bit of balance that I found was just the eye of the storm. And now I'm back on my ass. Again, those of you who have been listening along here on the podcast know that I have not been feeling good or balanced just being pregnant with a second, which makes me terrified of what life will actually be like when the second baby is truly here. And do not get me wrong. Like I promise you, I am happy and I do look forward to being a mother of two. Like, Listen, when I see this beautiful unborn addition to our family on ultrasound. Oh, is that an eye? Mm-hmm. Eye and eye. Yeah. Nose, jaw, foot. As soon as you see, oh, there's mm-hmm. their foot moving. Uh-huh. As soon as you see her, it feels so much more real. But I am also scared. And not only am I giving myself the space to say that out loud, which really does feel so good. I'm also dedicating this entire episode to that fear. Plus, because Lovers and Friends is a podcast about intimacy and I'm an intimacy expert, I thought I would share specifically on the fears that I am experiencing as they pertain to my sex and romantic relationship. This episode is unique and personal in a ton of ways, but the main one is that you're not going to hear me give advice or educational references. Instead, what you're going to hear is me work out my unresolved feelings with my husband, Jared Brady. Secondly, with my mom, Olivia Boudram, and my sister, Lauren Morrison, since they're both married, mothers of two, who I'm hoping can ease my anxieties. And then you're going to hear a conversation between myself and the hosts of Good Moms, Bad Choices, because I wanted to learn how single mothers are maintaining motherhood and some semblance of a robust sex and love life. What's not different about this episode is that I reached out to all of you to hear your reflections. So... 
Has having kids impacted your sex and love life? Having kids has completely changed our love life, I would definitely say, in a negative way. We, we try to make it work and we're hopeful for the future, but literally every time we turn around, there's a baby or a toddler with their needs. We, you know, breastfeeding, can't get them out of our bedroom. I mean, it's been a mess. I think overall, having children has had a positive impact on my love life. Having children around us, we have to find ways to be affectionate and intimate with each other, not just in the bedroom, hugging each other and holding hands and kissing each other and being affectionate and intimate in those ways. After our first child together, I really abandoned my partner a lot because I was so focused on being a mother and working also full-time, proving myself still. We have five children together and they have almost done everything but kill our intimacy. It ebbs and it flows, but majority of the time, after dealing with the children day-to-day -day life, jobs, and chores. She's not really in the mood. Lately, I've been wondering, did my ex-husband and I just not do a good job of staying connected individually? Because it's almost like one of the things that makes the love life or my love life or my interaction with my boyfriend so great is that typically that time is spent without the children. So having a baby totally fucked our sex lives up. Before baby came along, we were just like huge sluts and we fell in love in a foursome. I think that like the way that it's really negatively affected our sex life is mostly to do with the fact that our identities have shifted so much and we're each stepping into our different parental roles. We haven't lost our shit over it, but it's definitely hard because we want to fuck each other. And there's also just that understanding that like, you know, I love you. I love you in a different way than I ever thought possible. And just like, wait for me. Wait until we get to the other side of this. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, after hearing all of that, I am feeling yeah, fuck it. I'm still feeling terrified. So I think I have to get into all of these feelings with the person who's going through this exact same thing at the exact same time with me. I don't think I've ever really asked this question before. In one word, how do you feel about having a second kid? Uh, I feel like, you know, when you eat healthy and you're like, I hate eating healthy. And then you get a nice body from eating healthy. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like it's going to be tough. We're not going to like it in the moment, but the payoff is going to be worth it. That's a really good way of putting it. That's not that one was word. way more than one word. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> one word. But you can't ask a loaded question like that and get one word. My one word is fear. That was my last one. I can't use that twice. For Ryu? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because it was like there was so much unknown. Mm. Now it feels like we're in familiar territory. It's like, you know, when you when you get really sore from sports or working out, you're like, is this ever going to go away? This is the worst feeling in the world. And then you heal and you're like, oh. So if you go back and work out, you're like, oh, I'm familiar with this feeling. It's going to suck, but this is just what it is. This is the process. You know what I think the difference between you and I is, though, is I think I'm already getting a taste of how much it's going to be because of pregnancy. I always felt that way where Ryu would sleep. During pregnancy, I was not sleeping well anyways. So when she came, everyone's like, you're going to be so sleep deprived. I'm like, oh, I've already been doing this. My sleep was hurting me. I was already adjusted to that. Yeah. And I was already adjusted to not feeling well. Like So, so much 
I had already figured out in pregnancy. And so it was manageable for me in pregnancy to still be the kind of person I wanted to be overall. Yeah. So now I feel like, I feel like these have been the worst past four months. And it's because I'm getting a taste for, in addition to having Ryu and having all the other needs in life, I now am less capable because I don't, haven't been feeling well, which to me, I'm like equating that to how it's going to be when we have the kid. And maybe that's why I'm afraid because I don't like my life right now. And I know that you hate when I say that, um, but because I don't like the way that my life has been for the past four months, I'm afraid because I'm like, I don't want this to be what it's like to have two kids. Yeah. But it's good though. Like there's times when it's like, this is why, you know, when she's just so delightful and happy and running around or when she's doing something new or saying something new, like those are the moments that are like, okay, this makes sense. And I know that's just going to keep compounding together as she gets older and playing her first sports or playing her first instrument, whatever she's going to be doing, you know, in front of, other people and growing, it's just going to be something that we get to watch and of. Yeah. Cause I think about that, that like, even in doing this episode for every, I made a YouTube video that talked about, you know, I was responding to myself when I didn't want kids and my reasons why, and then saying now in reflection to having a kid, was I right in some of my fears? And a lot of the comment section was, this is this just confirmed that I really don't want kids. Mm. Or people were like, I was kind of on the fence, but now I definitely don't want them. And I'm like, I don't want that to be the takeaway because it is difficult and it is overwhelming, but it is so joyful. And I know that it's short-term pain. Yes, right? the immediate. Those first four years of that child's life is tough. Are you okay with... Now that we have kids that our dynamic and our love probably won't be the same? Or do you want to fight against it? That like immediately makes me want to cry. But I'm asking you the question. Like, not saying that it is. I'm just asking you, like, in general, would you be okay? How would that affect you? No, I wouldn't be okay. I don't know. It's such a hard... It's making me want to cry right now. Um, Don't cry. I know. I don't want to cry. But I guess because I, like... Here's where I'm at, Right. I, we had decided to have a kid because we loved our life and we wanted to share our love and our life with somebody else. It was, it almost felt selfish to be as happy as we were and fulfilled as we were and to not have a kid. Yeah. Right. Like this is the relationship that I want someone to grow up around. This Mm. is the lifestyle. These are the values that you have that I, we have shared values and I want somebody else to share in that. So it, it felt, you know, and I always go back to that quote, that really drove me to have a kid is that I have a kid, not because I want a baby, because I want an adult. And I knew that there would be a sacrifice in that baby time, but I also consciously hoped that it wouldn't mean that I would lose loving life Mm. and lose the love that we share with each other. Mm. And so I really fought super, super aggressively last pregnancy for that not to happen. And so there's kind of a pro and con with that. The pro of that is that I fought really hard. And I actually thought as difficult as the first year was, I thought we had a great sex life. Mm -hmm. I thought we had beautiful intimacy. I felt like we had a lot more alone time, maybe even five months ago than we do now. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of that is because I need more sleep now. So even last night, like Jared, I can't even tell you how much last night I just wanted to have sex. Like yeah. it was, I was dreaming about it. I was like, as soon as she goes to sleep, but like I fell asleep before she did. Yeah. You know, we both, we both were knocked out. Yeah. So it's like, I can set an instant tension. And I think before I set that intention and I was able to execute, but now with her as this additional factor, like not only am I pregnant and am I tired, but also we have Ryu. It's like, it feels like the thing I don't have space for anymore is you and I, you know, and that makes me sad. But you, I, I do feel that it's temporary and I do feel that, that it's a thing that we're fighting against because it sucks because it's a tough decision we have to make where it goes, okay, something is going to have to go lower. And Maybe it can be a rotating scale where it's like, okay, maybe we take on less jobs in the business or maybe we take on less, you know, things in, a, in our career wise and we focus on each other, whether that's one day a week. You know, I, I know parents that have figured it out and the way that I can see it working is if we're like, okay, every Thursday we have a night nanny that comes over yeah, and we go out and do something for ourselves, but we haven't fought. For our 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 love, we've just been in the whirlwind of of taking care of Rye and taking care of the business, and we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, but I feel it too, and I think that it's a situation that, and maybe I have a I have hope more in it because I I do see there is solutions in it, and it just is going to take a aggressive intention to save that. Yeah. Um, because the reality is, is that it's going to get harder. Yes. With two. And we won't be able to do as much as, you know. And so, yeah, it is a heavy, heavy load. Um, and I only asked the question just because I wanted to see if you would be able to be like, no, it's not going to change because we can fix this. We just have to be more intentional. You know, I remember a time where our sex life was going lower and we weren't, we didn't have the time cause we had Ryu and we had work and we were, you know, but we made an intention to be like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice sleep so yeah. that I can at least be intimate with my, my partner. Um, so I think that's going to have to be the same thing that we take over into just us connecting where it's like, you know what? Some nights I'm going to be tired, but if we just had a designated day of like, all right, every this day, we have someone come and watch Rye at night so that we can go and leave and do ourselves, you yeah. know, or whether that be maybe in the day. Um, but it's hard. It's no, hard. I think that that's like the big lesson that I've learned this year is to be more intentional with asking for help. And then also to get answers from people about what they can and can't provide. Yeah. I think that you often leave hope that people are going to step up. And then sometimes too, it's like, you know, asking for help and more specifically like getting a, a night nanny or a babysitter rather than like hoping a friend and family member will do it because you'll always feel the guilt with the friend or family member. Yeah. And I'm always trying to save those up. Yeah. Like if Lauren offers to take her, I'm like, I'd rather save this for, for a, time that a full sense. day yeah. or a time that I actually feel like I can take a rest. So yeah. then I'm like banking it rather than just taking the help as it comes. So I know a really big shift has to happen in me that I think there's this fantasy that you can add more and 
still be able to balance it? Well, I think you you hope that people who've been in this position before would see it and be like, you know what? I remember what it was like to have a child that young. Let me ask the taker for the night. Or, you know, you hope that people around can kind of peep and, and offer, um, but it doesn't happen. So it's hard. So, yeah, that's a part of the in- intentionality because yeah. I was talking about this yesterday with you that, like, this is the relationship that matters the most to me. You're the person who shows up the most for me. You nourish the most for me. You are the biggest help with Ryu, like, biggest help in my business. Like, you provide the most in my life. And then I feel like you're the person I have the least for because mm-hmm. I'm like, promising my time and everything to everybody else. And yeah. when I do have time with you, I'm so tired that I only have like the bare minimum to give you, which mm. is not fair for the person, you know, who's been showing up. But the beauty of that is that the person who's showing up as if myself, I am aware of all of the things, right? I Because I'm so involved with you inside and out, I'm aware of you know, that that feeling of safety to be able to let go. And that means so much to me in itself. I don't need you to be superwoman all the time. Sometimes I just need you to be. And you just existing is all that I can ask of you right now. Because I'm also so aware of, you know, the importance of just letting go. Yeah, That means a lot. You know, the fact that you feel comfortable enough to let go. You know, I would rather be that person than the person that gets to put on Shan. Because I I would, me knowing you so well, I know if you put yourself on, when I know how tired you are, it would just feel inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And your authentic self is all I ask of you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I tell myself that this is temporary. I tell myself that this moment is going to be Something that we look back on, like, geez, that was hard, but it was so worth it. Yeah. You know, when when we have two kids who are best friends and looking out for each other and, you know, you know, Ryu is helping the other one grow and, and he goes, you know, full fold and we get to see them as adults be best friends, like you and your sister. Like, I think that we're going to look back on these small two, four years like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. That was so worth it. I would do that too over and over again. I would relive that moment every time. Um, but it's hard when you're in the moment. It's tough when you're in the moment. Yeah. Um, especially because you know that you're going to continue to lose the things that brought us together, which was independency and, you know, living life on spontaneity and going out to dinner and, and doing things that made us feel good. Now we're bonding over parenting. Yeah. You know, half of our conversations are, Ryu did this or Ryu did that. Or what does she need? Or what is she not going forward? Our conversations are not about, you know, life and what we think and perspective and love and things that we care about as individuals. We don't even really conversate like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Because we have something that's more important than all of that. It's it's kind of like bittersweet. You've been like the together person in all of this. And I love you for that. And I appreciate you for that. Do you feel like you wouldn't be that person if I wasn't not doing well? 
No, I probably wouldn't. I, I probably would be more vocal and more, you know, in a in a a tough place. But I I feel like that's the thing about partnership is, you know, when one person is going through a lot, it's sometimes the other person's job to be the rock mm-hmm. and and just kind of be in that stream with you. But that's not getting pulled by the stream. Um, you've been that for me in a lot of a lot of different areas, and I know that that is so helpful because I need somebody who knows who's calm about it. Yeah, I need somebody who's when I'm losing when I'm like a chicken with my head cut off. I need someone to be like, no, you're good. First, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And it's gonna it's gonna be easier. It's gonna it's gonna get better between us um, because I don't think that. If I, you know, go into frantic mode with you, I don't think that will help you overall. I don't think that would help your mental health. I think that it would just make things worse. What I could do a better job of is validating it. I think I'd kind of like try to hold you through it or just, you know, tell you that it's not happening or not maybe not not happening, but tell you that it's all going to be good. And instead of just being like, you know what, right, it does suck right now and it is tough and it is scary and it, there is a lot of fear involved um sometimes just saying it's going to be okay is just not a, it's not it's not what you want yeah like are you afraid that our love life and our sex life won't ever be the same um i'm not afraid that it won't ever be the same um but i am afraid that I think that if we can remember why we came together and remember what we're doing this for, then we'll bounce back. But if we lose sight of even the memory of what we once shared, if we don't if we let go of that completely, then I think the damage of 2 to 4 years of roughness between us two and not roughness as in we're not getting along, but just different and less time for each other, that could do irre- irreversible damage to us. Yeah, I think about like little stuff. Like I don't have a picture with just you and me. Like for when years. I, for, yeah, I don't yeah. even know when the last time is. Like yeah. that we've- Your maternity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, because if ever I need it for social, I'm trying to pull it up. I find myself scrolling way, 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 way back yeah. because- the time that it would take. And then usually, one of us has to be with the baby. Yeah. That's kind of it. I think the aha in this, you know, for me is last pregnancy, I fought really hard and a lot of people mocked me for it. A lot of moms um, were like, you'll see, you'll see. And now I'm seeing, and I think that's making me feel like the fight is useless but I know that's not true. What I know to be true is the reason why, a big reason why I'm feeling so overwhelmed is because for literally, what, three months straight, I felt sick. So like not even capable of doing anything else or different because my body just wasn't allowing me. And I should really be celebrating because today I feel really good, Jay. Mm. Like I felt nauseous earlier this week. Today I feel really good. So- I didn't feel capable of fighting before. So I think that was really getting on me too. That like, not only am I not happy with what is happening and how out of balance we are, I don't even have the energy to do anything about it. So 
now that I have energy to do something about it, I, I really want to get back to being more aggressive and, and fighting back against it. And like you said, making hard decisions and changing stuff mm. and then not expecting things to magically fall into place, even though we're already, we even when we had Ryu, we were already at bare minimum. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is that from what I remember from last pregnancy was when you got like mid second trimester, you got a burst of energy. You got a burst of energy, a burst of sexual energy, a burst of like, you know, just brightness in your life. So I know that it's coming. Yeah. I mean, like I think a big part is just you don't feel so tired and you don't feel sick. Yeah. Like you just kind of take for granted how difficult life is. And it's hard to do anything. And we still had shit to do. Mm. We still had to be a mom. I still had to be a worker. Mm. And that's what I mean. Like those were things that were demanding because you weren't, you got left to the wayside. Right. Mm. Um, and yeah, that that guilt, you know, sat on me. But obviously we communicated throughout it and we're communicating ab- about it now. And yeah, I think when I think about this second baby, I think about the fact that you didn't want a second kid. Mm. And I also think about this thing that you said where we were talking about, should we have or should we not have a second? And you said, we wanted a kid in our life. We didn't want our life to be about kids. Mm-hmm. So I'd just love to hear from you from that vantage now that arguably we have a life that's going to be about kids for two years. And yeah, the thing about having a second kid is that if we were ever going to have one, it would be right now. Um, And and seeing the new baby, you know, on the ultrasound made it so real and that making it real made me so grateful. Um, because one Ryu is going to have a sibling that can never be replaced and will always be there for Ryu, even when we're not there. Um, and so I am so grateful and happy about that. Selfishly, I'm like, uh, I, another two or three more years of just us putting ourselves on the back burner, um, is tough. But especially seeing Ryu and what I feel when I look at Ryu is so magical that I'm like, it's going to be worth it. Just hold on, you know? Um, so I'm I'm incredibly grateful. I'm incredibly happy. I'm incredibly excited. Um, I'm going to get a vasectomy though. Like, <laughs> this is it. This is it. Yeah. And and I don't, you know, my fear is that like, you know, the, the second baby's going to grow up and watch videos and be like, my dad didn't want me. Um, <laughs> But I think it's less to do with that and more to do with uh, just me wanting to to be able to provide the life that I know that they deserve. Yes. And so having more kids makes that harder. Because providing the life that they deserve also means you feel like you have the life you deserve. Yeah. Jared Brady, I say this every time you're on this podcast, you truly blow me away. Jared is my intimacy expert and such an inspiration to me. Thank you for saying yes to this conversation and to conversations like these in our life. To hear more from Jared, the best place to go is his podcast, Enjoy the Podcast, where three men give you insider information on what dudes are really thinking. Also, you can listen to Jared's music because yes, that is him who made our theme song. Lovers and friends, lovers and friends. 
All right, so it's nice to talk things through with people who are going through the storm with you, but it's also really nice to get insight from people who are on the other side of it. My mom, Olivia Boudram, has two daughters in her 30s, and my sister, Lauren Morrison, has two preteens. Has their sex and love life with their partners recovered? Did it get better? Do they even remember what those things are? Let's find out after this. When I listened back to that interview, I thought of you guys a lot when we said in two years and I pictured you listening to that part and rolling your eyes like they have no idea. The thing that I kept thinking when I was listening to it was it's just going to suck for a lot longer. And I know that two years doesn't sound like a lot. Two years sounds like a lot. But when you look back, it was such a blip. You're just going to be a walking zombie for two years and then it's better. You're just like, okay, well, that's the narrative. Cause we didn't even want to have Zara for a while because we were so, we were just like, we're just getting into a groove now. We don't want to reset. So we were like, no, let's just hate our lives for two years and then it will be better. Thank you for sharing that. But what I, what I really want to hear from you guys is more about your personal experience. And if you didn't know me and you didn't feel like this was, had anything to do with you, but it's just a person who's just saying, hey, I'm terrified about having a second kid because I would the first one feel like my romantic relationship has struggled and so much has struggled. And I wonder, you know, to the point if it's ever going to be the same. And as people who have done that and been through that, or do you still not kind of feel that way? Like it's it's never going to be quite the same because it just changes so, so much. It's funny because I kind of reflected on that. Um, you think about, you know, you're a couple and it's just the two of you and you're young and you're highly in that in that space where, I mean, you just cannot get enough of each other. And when I was pregnant with Lauren, that like never changed at all. It literally didn't change until was when I became pregnant with you, Shan. I did not want any relationships. I didn't want any, I just... If, if Laura was asleep, I'm going to go to sleep. I think for me, it's like it's 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 seasons, you know, like when I reflect back on my relationship with Chris, like even up to now, is my sex life with Chris the same now that even the kids are older? No, maybe it's once a month. It's become less important in our relationship uh, right now. But that's, again, because we're in a season of change. We're in a season of things being unsettled and not feeling good in our own skin at the moment. But we'll come back around, I'm sure. But I don't think we'll ever come back around to what it was. I also think that because Chris and I didn't have a lot of time as just Lauren and Chris before kids came into the picture, I barely remember what that was because you can't compare it to the honeymoons, the first six months. It's pure honeymoon, right? (laughs) What I also can say, though, is that I do remember... um, I do remember getting to that point, especially after Zara was born and feeling like we've lost ourselves as a couple. We don't connect with one another. And it's like, I would talk to him for more than 10 minutes and be like, oh my God, I forgot you were funny. Or I forgot actually like talking to you. Uh, But we didn't get a lot of those opportunities. And that was a lot of the motivation as to why we even moved closer to mom and dad to the support system, because it just made it that much better and that much easier. And it gave us more of an opportunity to connect to one another and do date nights and go to movies and all that kind of stuff. 
but again, like, but there were, there was also seasons of resentment because people needed to take a step back. And it's like, whose turn is it to take a step back to look after the kids? Whose turn is it now? And Chris and I almost broke up because I was standing in front of him growing in his career because I was like, no, it's, you have to, we we all have to take a step back. Things have got to come off this plate because we both decided to have these kids together. How old were Kyra and Zara at that point? They were, they were like four and uh, three and five. So the tides, the tides change, right? It's not like, oh, as soon as Zara became three, like happy couple. It's like, no, as soon as Zara got old enough, he started to feel like, okay, well, I can be out now. And it's like, no, 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 like, this is still hard for me. This is still a lot. So it almost, even that almost ended our marriage and we've had to find our way back. So it, it's constant, it's constant separating and then finding our way back to each other figuring out what needs to give so that we can find our way back to each other. And I wish that I could say that after two years that stopped happening, but it's still, it's still happening like up to present day for us. So after listening to Lauren, Jen, I have a question for you. And that is, what would be your ideal? How do you feel right now would be the ideal for you? Cause you have a second one on the way, right? Yeah. It would be nice. Like to, like a lot of the time, the way that Jared and I can give back to each other is by taking over Ryu. So like we don't really ever get time just together. So what makes me fearful is making me cry, but it makes me fearful that like it gets harder because now there's two different kids with two different needs. And so then that becomes even more like the way that I show Jared like my romantic gesture for him is taking Ryu to the gym. So he has two hours for himself. His romantic gesture for me is like, oh, I'll take her while you're doing this call. So yeah, sometimes you just feel like, oh, I don't ever get to like be with you as a person. Um, And I think it's just compounded because what you said, mom, like, yeah, I have to sleep as soon as Ryu goes to sleep. And I wake up when she wakes up and it's better now, but like, during the, her my earlier past couple months, I had to nap when she was napping. So it just like literally left like no time for me to like be with the person who I like being with the most alone. Jared and I had a long time of just being together. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like that's also too like I do remember what that was like. And like I I remember all of that. So that's why I think it makes me sad a bit. I think that that's a really good point there, Shan. And that is, if you if you compare myself and Lauren in the terms of our relationship, we didn't have a lot of time with our spouses before there was another person there. And so we probably just don't really know what it's like to be with that person because it, we didn't have, we, you know, we dated and for a small, for a small amount of time, but then there was somebody else. So we don't have, those kind of um, long, lustful, lasting memories. I'm struggling with these two mantras. Fight, fight, fight. And let it go. Let it go. Because fighting, like fight for your sex life. Fight for your intimate life. Fight for me time. That's good on one hand. But on the other hand, having this guilt that I'm not fighting enough or not even really letting myself have off times or off days because I always feel like I should be fighting against the current of my life. 
might be adding to the feelings of failure and stress that I'm experiencing. So fight, 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 or just let it go. Yeah, I'm going to say fight, fight, fight. Don't just let it go because you really have to stay and be that independent person. So, but in that fight, ask for help because that's fighting for you, your independence and that. And and don't lose yourself just because you have children because you will, if that's how you feel in your heart, you will come to resent them and that's not fair for them. They will come to resent you and that's not fair for you. So you go with your gut and I say, listening to you, fight. Fight for your independence, fight for who Shen is and have the best of both worlds. Ask for help. I feel very weird following that up with not that. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Oh. <laughs> I have a theory though. And I think that you've always kind of looked at kind of mothers from the outside in and you know mothers who were not prioritizing their sensuality mothers who were like losing themselves and it was always like this sort of like if i have a kid i'm not going to be that and now when you're finding yourself in this place where it's like you are feeling the strain and you are feeling the pull of multiple priorities and you fear it's just like this fight to like i'm slipping into becoming that mother that i never wanted to be the yeah. mother that you know dresses up as a minion for Halloween. Like I've lost yes. myself. <laughs> so it's like you just kind of put that added pressure on yourself because it's less about what you want to be and maybe more about what you don't want to be. I because I, I know that I felt that fa- I feel that failure too. I think I felt that failure with postpartum because I thought of myself as so healthy mentally. Thomas was so healthy mentally and you'd hear about postpartum and you'd just be like, that's not going to be me. So when I started to feel it, I hated myself that much more. And I couldn't lean into caring for myself because I was so determined to suppress being that mom. And what a shift that might have been if I would have just allowed myself that season. My mama and my big sister, Lauren, thank you. Thank you for being role models for me and bonus for others. My mom and Lauren are both public educators. My mom is a nurse who loves to travel. So she has an online community where she helps you stay safe and healthy when you're away. Check out her YouTube channel, Your Travel with Olivia. My sister, Lauren, who I hope you know by now because she has been in this podcast a ton, is a career coach who specializes in helping women of color get over their imposter syndrome in order to get to their personal and cash potential. You can sign up for a free consultation with her or enroll in her six-week course at maketheshiftcoach.com. Again, that's maketheshiftcoach.com and your travel with Olivia YouTube. All right, last but not least, I really wanted to share a different perspective on this topic. And also, I wanted to talk to women who, from the outside listening in, I believe have both an exciting parental and intimate life. Erica and Mila are single moms who host the hit podcast, Good Moms, Bad Choices, which Mila describes like this. Good Moms, Bad Choices, what society tells you is a bad choice, may actually be a good choice for you. Like having a threesome on the weekend may bring you pleasure. And if it does, it's probably going to make you a better mom on Monday. Erica and Mila are best friends who bonded because they both had a shared passion for being incredible single parents, despite all the difficulties that come with that, as well as maintaining a bomb ass intimate life outside of their role as mothers, despite all the difficulties that come with that. 
They both have primary custody of their children and co-parent with their daughter's fathers. As Erica shares, this was never the plan. I come from a single parent home and I saw how my mom did everything alone. And my mom is an incredible human, but she had to sacrifice a lot. And I didn't want that to be my life. But life doesn't give a fuck about your plan. And I became a single parent very abruptly. And yet they found a way. And we find a way because as mothers, we are creators. So Erica and Mila set out to create the life they wanted by balancing motherhood, bosshood, sexhood, and self-lovehood as best as they can on any given day. We're going to get into this conversation now. And we start with Mila sharing that beyond sharing a podcast, herself and Erica share so much more. In our relationship, this is my baby daddy. This is my co-parent. You know, this is my wife. Like we travel together. Our kids travel together with us. We, we put them in summer camp in New York and we support each other. And it doesn't yes. look traditional, but this is what I was looking for. But I found it in a friend. I think there's a really big difference on listening to you guys between being single and being unsupported. And a lot of people can be partnered and unsupported. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the struggle comes in. I want to hear what the unique struggles are, because from my vantage, it's you get a break from your kid, like a genuine break because the co-parent, even though they're not you know, equally yoked, but there's still somebody who takes the kid in its entirety when you're not together. And then in addition to that, you know, you've created a support system where you do have help. So to me, that creates more space for intentional intimacy outside of being parents. I mean, yes, there are definitely um, positives in that sense, I guess, to being a single parent. Um, But then there's also, you know, dating can be tricky, you know, even like even having sex, like because have I had sex with my daughter at the house with, you know, with someone that I'm seeing? Absolutely. Like put her in the room, be quiet. But like then having to explain that to the person I'm dating, like, hey, so my kid is the next room. Also, like Jamila said, like dating can be tricky because not everybody wants to date someone with a kid. I think one of my insecurities as a single mom with my, with my own child has been that she's really never seen me in love. She's never seen me like she's, I had like a practice boyfriend once, (laughs) but, but she's really never seen mommy like being nurtured and fulfilled by a romantic partner in that way. Her, her friends have, you know, married parents at home. She goes and hangs out with them at their house. Actually yesterday, yesterday, one of the little girls was like, why does Ari's dad not live at your house? That's weird. And like, these are conversations that I have to like, you know, combat with like, well, Ari has two houses, little bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think those two things correlate? Do you feel like it's been difficult to find someone to love because you have a kid? I think I'm a lot more particular. I think it's, I don't think it's because of her because I have the kid. I think it's, I am very particular about who I want to spend my time with because I have a kid. So it's been a positive because it's like, forced you to be even more particular about who you invite into your space? I think it's positive. Um, I think so. I, you know, I, I I would lie, sit here and lie and tell you I have the perfect answer. Sometimes I feel like it's positive. Sometimes I wonder if like I am too um, reserved in, in the ways that I like choose my partners. I'm like, mm, yeah, nope, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Um, so... I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a good answer for that. (laughs) I think that, um, I think there's struggles both partnered and unpartnered. Right. I think, and I think you have to fight for it, you know, having it, you have to fight for it. Like having a child is a 
like a, a whirlwind to your world. Like there's no downplaying it, you know, whether you're partnered or not, there's going to be shit. And there's going to be times you really have to dedicate loving yourself and prioritizing yourself and your intimacy. And I think for single parents, moms, especially there's guilt about it and shame. Like if I drop my kid off to fuck, I'm a terrible parent, right? Um, no, you're not because she's going to be sleeping 20 minutes anyway. The word fight resonated so much with me because I'm reflecting on that a lot because last time I was pregnant, I fought so aggressively, but I fought out of fear because I was like, I don't want our sex life to change. So I'm forcing us to maintain the same volume of sex. You're even like, though- I'm Shan Boudram. I'm not going right, to stop exactly. fucking me. <laughs> you know who I am. And I, you know, I forced that and it was positive in some ways, but then also like really not a reflection of like what my body actually needed, mm. which might've just been rest. It might've been different types of intimacy. I also forced myself in terms of feeling sexy. I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm still wearing lingerie. I'm still shaving. I'm still like looking in the mirror and feeling like that bitch. And then after pregnancy, I also forced myself to like get back to like whatever the version of me was that I loved because I acknowledged that I had a kid, not because I wanted a different life, but because I felt like I love my life so much that I should share it. So I'm just curious as women who I look at like having intimate lives that are exciting and are fulfilling and that work for you and work with you, given all the different et cetera's in your life. So how do you get there? When do you get there? Or do you feel like you're even there? I, I think sometimes I feel like I'm there and then other times I don't. I mean, I think if putting on that lingerie and doing those things made you feel sexy the first time around, fucking do that shit again. And yeah, you do have to fight for it. Something I didn't do. I didn't fight for it. And then when I had my baby, I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, what is happening? What is this body? I hadn't even looked at it. Like, I think that it really is important to fight. Um, but I think that the balance, because me and Jamila are serial entrepreneurs. We have retreats. We have the podcast. We're writing a book. We have a cannabis line. Like I have another business that I have, like a family business that I help run. Like I'm a mom. I'm trying to date. Like this shit is not fucking cute. (laughs) There are times where I'm crying and there's times where my daughter has told me like, get off your phone or like spend time with me. And I have to forgive myself for those things and just kind of just taking it day by day, (laughs) you know, like I think as women and as like, I think we're both, I think all three of us are very driven. Um, We're always looking to the future. Like what's going to be happen next? How I plan Q4, Q3, what's going to, you know, it's just like, bitch, how about just wipe your ass today? I think Instagram will have you believe that, you know, these women, these entrepreneurs that are mothers have balanced it all. And it's just not the truth. It just isn't. I mean, there is no perfect remedy. So it's it's just a lot of like forgiving yourself for just and, and surrendering, essentially, I guess. Yeah. And I, fighting. And fighting. Fighting, surrendering. Fighting, surrendering. Fighting, surrendering. It's, it's, it's balance. You have to you have to fight for who you are and you also have to give yourself grace while doing it. There is no time period. There for sure, like the first like pregnancy and like two years of my my having a baby with just one I was like fuck all this has it happened for you what I know we're talking about it as if it's a destination (laughs) but like feeling like there is enough sex enough mom time enough you time enough work time I mean to some degree to some degree yeah but sometimes I'm like 
everything I choose feels good. That's what I know. Like what I've chosen feels good. Working and 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 hitting goals in my job, like not my job. I hate that. In my passion, in my career, feels good, and it motivates me in other ways. Sometimes that is a sacrifice to my child. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I haven't fucking talked to you. I haven't looked like. Wow, bitch, are you even parenting or is she parenting herself? And then I have to come back. And sometimes I'm like, I could be cool off sex. I'm cool. I'm fucking tired. I don't need to fuck today. You know, and sometimes I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm tired, but you need to go to bed because I got to call somebody over. I'm tired, but hey, bitch, got to still go, you know? So it is. It's like, it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to not be easy. But what is really going to bring you joy and bring you fun? As a mom, you're a boss ass bitch. Like, doesn't matter what else you have going on. If you've birthed a child and you're caring for that child, you've created a human. You can for sure create the life that you want. That should be your empowerment right there. I think that's the problem with birth is where we become drained instead of empowered <clears throat> through this journey. Me and Erica have kind of empowered each other and kind of drew, taken each other out of that sad place. And I've really, we've designed our lives. I know I have this terrible habit in this podcast, which I've realized more than anything because I'm like a Cosmo magazine where I'm like, what are the five ways? that you <laughs> So I always want to wrap things up with like, okay, but like, what is the three things? So- <laughs> If there's not, then just be like, we already answered this question fucking several times. You can't. But if there is a single mom listening to this who's like, I want to have an intimate life that's fulfilling and I want to be a mother and feel fulfilled and like I am fulfilling what my perception of that word is, how, what are some tips to do those things at the same time? A, one, I think you have to divine what that looks like and don't get input from anybody else. Say yes more. Um, I think we, we say no a lot as parents, like, no, sorry, I can't do that. No, oh, no, I'm tired. No, thank you. And, and I need help. I'm not okay. And I need help. I'm not doing well. <laughs> it's okay. I think, as, I think as, I think parents, we have ego. Like we're like, oh God, like I don't want to bother anyone. Okay, well, I'm, supposed, said, I'm supposed to know how to do this already. I'm supposed to be able to do it all. No, bitch, you're not. It's, you're never going to be able to do it all. You know how much I ask people for help? All I'm only here because I've asked so many friends for help. Hey. Hi, baby. <laughs> Speaking of babies. Hi, Hi Pooh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Look, you can bring her to my house any day. Thank you so much to Erica and Mila for your time, for your vulnerability, and for the inspiration that you've given me and you give to so many people, specifically through your podcast and through your retreats. They're writing a book together as well. You're going to want to get in on everything Good Moms, Bad Choices, whether you are a mom or you are just somebody who is a creator who wants to invite abundance and hilarity and honesty into your life, their podcast, Good Moms, Bad Choices, is available where you are listening to this podcast right now. So don't delay. Go ahead and save that to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode going forward. And secondly, go follow them on Instagram so you're up to date with their retreat announcements as well as their book that should be coming out and announcements on that um, should continue to come up through that platform as well. Before we go, I want to reflect on the end of the segment that I had with my sister and my mom, where I asked them, you know, is this a time that I should be fighting and fighting or letting it go? And I love and hate how that conversation ended. And I love it because I deeply resonated with what my mom said about continuing to fight and prioritize things, even though it puts me in uncomfortable positions. But I also deeply resonate with what Lauren said about letting it go and allowing this season to be one where I disappoint myself or other people in order to prioritize rest and care. 
And I hate it because, you know, that feels conflicting to me. But I like what Erica and Mila were saying about taking it day by day. I don't have to come up with a mantra that represents the next eight months of my life or eight days of my life. Maybe tomorrow I fight and the next day I let it go. Um, I think what my struggle has been is I've been choosing both of those at the exact same time. And obviously as a result, failing at both those mantras at the exact same time, which leaves me not only feeling depleted and tired and unwell, which really big side note, I feel incredible right now. I have felt really good yesterday. I feel really good today. That's amazing. But traditionally, you know, I've not felt well, but I've turned a corner. I'm saying it out loud. I'm claiming it. I'm not creating expectations around it. Cause in your last episode, we talked about this. Do not set expectations for versions of you that you have not yet realized. I'm just saying I'm claiming it, but, um, Traditionally, I haven't felt well. And as a result, I felt extra disappointed because I'm not fighting and I'm not letting go. And that in between has not been serving me, but maybe the do-si-do between the two might be different. I did an interview this weekend with Mandy, who you might know from Horrible Decisions or the podcast, See The Thing Is. And we did an episode around her and essentially it was the fear of dating again um, or, sorry, And essentially that episode was about staying in relationships that you know, sorry. And essentially we talked about her staying in a relationship that she knew wasn't for her, but furthermore, sorry. And essentially Mandy shared that she was staying in a relationship that she knew wasn't for her because she's so afraid of dating. And so we essentially talked about that and we shared, you know, insights from her therapist and ahas that she's had along the way. And she feels that she has officially ended that relationship that she knew wasn't for her and now is starting to open herself up to dating. And so I ended the podcast by being like, okay, well, now that you're at this place, how have you, and how are you getting over your fear of dating? And she's like, oh, I, I'm not over it. And I actually have no idea. So yeah, this isn't an after conversation. This is in process. And that's where I'm at right now too with this. This is not an after conversation where I'm telling you like this got figured out. I'm really, really still in process. And I can't even begin to thank you all, especially those of you who've been here since January for being in process with me, for being kind to me. So I announced on my Instagram this week that I was pregnant. And the comment that I saw that really just you know struck me in the heart was someone who said, I'm so glad you're finally sharing this with the world so that people can offer you some grace. I think the main person who needs to offer me grace is myself. But furthermore, yeah, um, I also have to do a better job of being more intentional about asking. And that was also a big aha that's come through all these conversations. So I am gaining, I am learning, I am losing, I am letting go, and I'm fighting and everything in between. And I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. I barely know what it looks like today. Um, But I do know I'm so grateful to be in process and I'm so, so grateful to do that in such a loving and uplifting community. So shout out to you. I hope you're doing well today. And I hope somebody asks you, how are you feeling, my lover and my friend? And if nobody has, how are you feeling, my lover and my friend? Let's talk next week. Lovers and friends. friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. I said, Lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. Yeah, I said, Lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment, Shamboo Dram, and Lauren Morrison. 
Also produced by Stitcher's Jackie Sojiko, Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Isabel Gallant, as well as Paul Anderson, Nick Pinella, and Andrew Greenwood for Workhouse Media. Engineering by Peter Karam. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher Podcasts. <laughs>